0: All right, welcome back to the Helio Hormones Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. And today we are going to be diving into kind of, I think, sort of like a hot, trendy topic lately. And that is cycle syncing. Now, if you have heard about cycle syncing in the past and been overwhelmed by it because you're just not sure where to start, I'm going to break it down for you, and at the end of the episode, I'm going to kind of outline where I would start if I was new to cycle syncing. And if you have never heard of cycle syncing, essentially the idea behind it is that us as women, our hormones are changing throughout our menstrual cycle. So while men have hormones that are fluctuating through a 24-hour period, we have hormones that are fluctuating on a 28-day cycle or a 32-day cycle, however long your menstrual cycle is. So as our hormones change, we are going to be seeing changes in our mood and our energy and our motivation. And so the idea behind cycle syncing is that we are really in tune with what is happening in our body throughout the cycle so that we can start to eat and move and live in a way that really supports those changes and allows us to feel our best rather than kind of fighting with our body. So why CycleSync? What are the benefits of it? For one, just it can connect you to your body and make you feel more in control and in tune with your emotions. Like think, how many times have you felt like you were going to rip your partner's head off or you were super irritable or maybe you had road rage and you were like, why am I feeling this way? And then the next day your period came and you thought, oh, of course, that's why. So cycle syncing allows you to be a little bit more thoughtful and aware of where you are at in your cycle. And that will help you be a little bit more understanding and patient with yourself and your emotions as they come up. Cycle syncing also allows us to really support our hormones, which can help to reduce PMS. So primarily, PMS is related to an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. This could mean estrogen is high, or it could mean progesterone is low, or they're just basically out of balance in some way where estrogen is higher than progesterone. So by cycle syncing our foods and even our movement and managing our stress, it can help to bring estrogen and progesterone back into balance so that we have less PMS. We'll also be talking about how throughout our cycle, our energy and our motivation and our creativity changes. So by focusing on cycle syncing, we can actually have more productive workouts and work days. It also allows us to have more stable energy and overall improved fertility. So it's really important to understand what is happening during each phase of the menstrual cycle. And there are four phases we'll talk about and really to understand what's happening will give you a better idea of how to support your body through that phase and why you are doing what you're doing. I also won't be diving too much into supplements since there are really so many that can help with each phase. And I think it can just be really overwhelming for people to know which supplement is right for them. Do they need to be on one supplement, two supplements, three supplements? It's just going to be really, it can be a lot. So we are going to be focusing on nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle practices for each phase. The first phase of the menstrual cycle is the menstrual phase. So this starts the first day of a full bleed of your period and ends the last day of your period. So if you have a few days of spotting before you get that full bleed during your period, really the the start of the menstrual phase is that full bleed. It's not the days that you're spotting. So that's important to note. During this time, our hormones are lowest and the lining of the uterus is breaking down and being shed, and that's what we're, we're seeing when we're getting our period. During this time, we can also see something called prostaglandins, which are chemicals made by our immune system that actually help our uterus to contract. Now, the problem is if prostaglandins are too high – which we can often see with inflammation or endometriosis, then these prostaglandins can also cause cramping, like really bad cramping of the uterus and cramping of your digestive tract, which can lead to diarrhea and loose stools. So that's kind of what's happening in the body. So we can see. Low hormones, which leads to low energy levels. So, really trying to honor that and listen to your body and not feeling like you have to force yourself to do the high intensity workout or not feeling like you have to force yourself to go be super social or go on a camping trip or whatever it is. Just, you know, kind of listen to what you truly want instead of feeling like you have to follow this regimented calendar. As far as like what movement can look like during this phase, really keeping it gentle. So some stretching, gentle yoga, maybe some short walks. Now, some people will find that once they actually get their period, they do have a little bit more energy versus the week leading up to their period. So if that's you, then maybe you go on some longer walks, maybe you get in some plotties, maybe some Longer yoga sessions. So just kind of again tuning into yourself, but this is definitely not the time for those more intense workouts or like the longer strength training workouts or even running. Like keep it gentle for movement. During this time, our social battery typically tends to be low as well. So become comfortable with saying no to plans. I used to have the worst FOMO, and luckily I feel like COVID completely like healed that for me and now I just I honestly I love saying no to plans I love canceling plans. it's like my I mean it's just when somebody cancels plans on me, honestly it's like my favorite thing. I'm like yes, I get to stay home. I don't have to have any guilt about saying no but it's just kind of where I'm at right now. Um, but especially when I'm on my period I just like don't really want to go out of town. So taking this time to really just do self-care for you, whatever that looks like. All right. And then kind of focusing on how can we eat to support our hormones during this time and support our bodies through having a period. Because when you think about it, I mean, we are losing blood. And if you have heavy periods, you're also going to be losing iron. So it's going to be especially important to focus on iron rich foods to help replace the iron loss. So this is going to include foods like organic red meat, spinach, beans, and nuts. Now, especially when we are eating plant-based foods, so spinach, beans, and nuts, that iron can be much harder to absorb. So eating vitamin C-rich foods will actually help to support iron absorption. So when I think of vitamin C-rich foods, I think of bright colored fruits and vegetables. So broccoli, citrus, kiwis, strawberries, peppers, foods like that. So, you know, if you are especially having the heavy periods, I would maybe make a list of those iron-rich foods and maybe keep it on your fridge just to kind of start getting it in your head. Okay, on my period, maybe this week I should have red meat twice, or maybe this week I should be really mindful about putting a handful of spinach in my smoothie each time, which you will not taste, Um, but it will be a way to get more iron in. Also, during the menstrual phase, I really love flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. So flax seeds help to support healthy estrogen levels. They can actually help bind up extra estrogen in the body and eliminate it through our stool. And then pumpkin seeds have zinc, which helps to support progesterone production later on in the menstrual cycle. So with these seeds, I typically recommend doing one tablespoon of ground flax seeds and one tablespoon of pumpkin seeds every day. So with flax seeds, you can find them in the store as whole seeds or ground seeds, and you want to make sure you're consuming them ground. So either buying them ground and storing them in the fridge or buying them as whole seeds, grinding them in, say, a coffee grinder and then storing them in the fridge. And you can add these to oatmeal, smoothies, yogurt, you know, salads. You can eat pumpkin seeds with a handful. This is a pretty easy thing to add into your diet and support your hormones. So again, menstrual phase, we're thinking of how can we support iron loss through our period? How can we support our hormones through flax seeds and pumpkin seeds? And then also trying to stay hydrated. So because we are losing blood, we are losing fluid. So this is a great time to maybe have bone broth in the morning or just staying hydrated with lots of water, maybe tea. And then avoiding anything that is going to dehydrate us. So alcohol or coffee, both these act as diuretics. They, They release liquid from the body. And then also trying to limit fried foods and processed foods during this time because any foods or alcohol that is going to increase inflammation can worsen cramping, it can worsen bleeding, and it can also worsen PMS symptoms. So if you're trying to have an easy period, really trying to treat your body well during this time. So following the menstrual phase is the follicular phase. So this phase starts basically from the time that you stop your period until ovulation. And that can be one to two weeks depending on how long you're bleeding for and when you ovulate in your cycle. During this phase, estrogen is going to begin to rise, which is going to help to build and thicken the lining of the uterus. So essentially estrogen is going to be helping to thicken the lining to create this cushy home for a potential pregnancy to take place, for the embryo to implant in the uterus. Because estrogen begins to rise, we're also going to see our energy start to increase. So you're going to find that your motivation starts to come back, your desire to be social starts to come back, and this is really a good time to try to be productive with work. It can also be a good time to schedule meetings at work because you are feeling more social, more motivated, more focused, or if you can, and obviously everyone doesn't have this luxury, but if you can plan presentations for work during this time as well, you typically tend to be more confident during this time as estrogen starts to increase. You'll notice that your libido starts to increase kind of in preparation to get you towards the ovulation time period. And you're going to have more energy for higher intensity workouts. So this is really your time to focus on strength training, maybe higher intensity Pilates, going on longer hikes. You know, if you're somebody who backpacks, You really want to maybe consider how can you plan your backpacking trip to sync up with your cycle so you're really harnessing that energy and able to get through that trip a little bit easier. As far as foods go, we're still going to be continuing flax seeds and pumpkin seeds through this phase. And then we're also going to be thinking about how can we help support estrogen levels in addition to the flax seeds. So eating cruciferous veggies, so vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, these foods actually help to break down estrogen when we have too much. So if you're somebody with heavy periods, painful periods, bad PMS, you know, headaches before your period, all these can be signs of high estrogen. So if we can work on eating foods that help to break down estrogen as estrogen levels start to rise, and that's going to make your period easier to get through. Then we move into the ovulatory phase. So essentially this is the day that you ovulate. So what happens around this time is that estrogen is highest. Estrogen is going to peak. It's going to trigger the release of a hormone called luteinizing hormone, LH, and that LH is going to trigger ovulation. So we are going to release an egg. The egg is going to travel down the fallopian tube. And if it becomes fertilized, then it may implant in the uterus and we will have a pregnancy. If it does not become fertilized or for whatever reason, it does not implant, then we will eventually get our period. But this ovulatory phase is really just a day but during this time period the couple of days leading up to ovulation and the day of ovulation you're going to have highest motivation, highest energy, you're going to be the most creative, high libido. So again, this really goes back to looking at how can you harness this kind of focus and motivation in your work life and this is going to be your time to work on projects I always try to plan at least like a half day at a coffee shop during this time so that I can get a ton of work done, Um, just kind of knowing that in a few weeks, my productivity may be a little bit lower as I get closer to my period but also being you know, mindful of that and knowing, okay, I'm going to get a lot done now because I can. And in a few weeks when I'm not feeling as motivated, I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I know right now I am putting in the work. This is also your time to continue to prioritize those harder or longer workouts. Now around ovulation, we're actually going to switch the seeds. So instead of doing flax seeds and pumpkin seeds, this is time to switch to sesame and sunflower seeds, which contain selenium and vitamin E to support progesterone production over the next few weeks. As far as food goes, you know, there's not a ton else you need to do around the ovulatory phase. So if you can, just focusing on fresh fruits and veggies so you're getting in a ton of vitamins and minerals. And then the fourth and final phase is the luteal phase. So this is going to start the day after ovulation and last until the first day of your next period. So on average, this phase is about two weeks, but it'll also be determined based on how long your cycle is and where in your cycle you ovulate. So the first week of the luteal phase, you're going to find that your energy is still high. But as you get towards the end of the luteal phase, closer towards your periods, your hormones are going to start to decline and energy will start to drop. During this phase, progesterone is the primary hormone that is being produced after we ovulate. So as we move through the luteal phase and we start to get closer to the period and estrogen and progesterone levels start to drop off, you're going to find that maybe you become less social and less motivated. Your energy starts to drop. So this is when you're going to want to start to slow down movement. So going back to the low impact Pilates, gentle yoga, and walking. You're also going to want to try to limit your caffeine and alcohol during this time, because like we had talked about with the menstrual phase, these kind of more inflammatory foods and drinks can increase inflammation and just make your period and PMS symptoms worse. So if you can save the alcohol and the caffeine for that follicular phase, maybe towards like the beginning of the luteal phase, so the first couple days after ovulation, but as you get closer to your period, start to really support your body in preparation for the menstrual phase. During the luteal phase, we're also going to continue with the sesame and sunflower seeds, and this will be one tablespoon of each. So just like we were doing one tablespoon of the ground flax seeds and one tablespoon of the pumpkin seeds, you'll do one tablespoon of sesame and one tablespoon of sunflower. Also really important to focus on healthy fats during this time to help support progesterone production. So progesterone can be a harder hormone for our body to produce for a few reasons. So you want to make sure that you are providing the backbone of progesterone, which is really going to be those healthy fats. So things like avocado, fatty fish, olives, olive oil, and nuts and seeds. You also want to focus on foods that are high in vitamin B6, which are also going to help to support progesterone production. So foods like poultry, so chicken and turkey, whole grains, so think brown rice, quinoa, oats, and starchy vegetables, so sweet potatoes and potatoes. During this time, you may find that you have more cravings, so making sure you're really eating balanced meals, including a protein, healthy fat, and fiber Especially during the luteal phase, and especially if you know that you tend to have a lot of sugar cravings during the PMS time period. You know, if you're finding that you're getting towards the end of the day and you are just like ravenous for ice cream or candy or chocolate or whatever your kind of go to is, think back on the day and think, you know, did you have, you know, especially in the morning, did you have a protein, a healthy fat, and a fiber with breakfast and kind of just go through your snacks? go through your meals and see maybe where you're potentially missing that and see if you can start to brainstorm ways you can add in those foods and see how it helps with your sugar cravings. Now, I've been asked about something called luteal phase defect. And this is when we are not able to produce enough progesterone after we ovulate. We're not able to produce enough progesterone long enough. So essentially our progesterone levels start to drop prematurely. And the second half of our cycle is shortened. So a key sign of this is if your menstrual cycle is less than 21 days long. So if you're getting your period more frequently than 21 days, it's going to be a sign that your progesterone is low. And this is going to be a problem because it's going to be difficult to get pregnant, but especially stay pregnant when your progesterone is low. So another reason to focus on those healthy fats and the foods high in B6 during the luteal phase to help support progesterone production. Now I'll do an episode on luteal phase defect, you know, entirely just on that soon because there's really so much to be said about it. But I will share three supplements that I love for supporting women who struggle with luteal phase defect. Now, the first is an herb called Vitex. It can also be called chaste tree berry. And this is something that I typically recommend women take every day throughout their cycle. So some supplements you'll take during certain phases of your cycle, but Vitex is really something you can take daily throughout your cycle. Now, there's a lot of information online about Vitex, and it's often kind kind of made out to be this like, Promised land of a supplement. Like, take Vitex and it'll fix all your period problems. Not everyone is going to be a good fit for Vitex. So, you know, don't always assume that, you know, if you take it and things are improving, that it has to do with you. It could be that Vitex just isn't the right fit for you. Um, Especially with PCOS, Vitex may not always be a good option. So Vitex can increase luteinizing hormone, which is that hormone that triggers ovulation. Now with women with PCOS, luteinizing hormone is often high all the time. So that is partly why women don't ovulate with PCOS because they never get that spike in luteinizing hormone that's needed to trigger ovulation. That luteinizing hormone is just always high. So then if you take Vitex, it can cause that LH, that luteinizing hormone, to continue to be high. Now, if your luteinizing hormone is normal and you have PCOS, then Vitex could be a good option for you. Um, So again, it just kind of comes down to what are your hormones looking like, but in general, and especially if you do not have PCOS, Vitex is a great one for supporting estrogen and progesterone balance. And, you know, with hormones – it really takes a minimum of three months to see a difference. So if you take Vitex for a few weeks and your period doesn't seem to change, don't give up on it quite yet. You really have to give it time. Another supplement I love, which kind of ties in with the foods we had talked about is taking a B6 supplement. So this is something I'll often have my patients take during the second half of their cycle And especially when they have PMS or really, especially moodiness with PMS or, you know, irritability or anger or rage. So B6 typically recommend 100 milligrams a day during the second half of your cycle, but that's going to help to support progesterone production. And the last one, which I also recommend taking during the second half of your cycle is something called evening primrose oil. And this contains an omega-6 fatty acid that also helps to support progesterone production. And now sometimes I'll even have some patients take both B6 and evening primrose oil if their progesterone is really low or if they're really struggling with PMS. And the last thing I'll say about luteal phase defect is that stress management has to be part of the conversation as well. And I know I talk about stress management every podcast episode, and you're probably tired of hearing me say this because it's like yes we get it stress is important but when we are stressed it can lower progesterone production. So if you are struggling with luteal phase defect and especially if you are struggling with it and you're trying to get pregnant or you're struggling with it and you are continuing to have recurrent miscarriages, that of course is going to be an added stress. So you know thinking about not only what practices are you doing daily to manage your stress but if you're in that situation consider maybe working with a therapist to help talk you through that because you know not only are you trying to heal physically but you're trying to heal mentally and emotionally after a miscarriage while also dealing with the pressure and the stress of trying to get pregnant so really just being honest with yourself and checking in and seeing how are you doing you know, do you need to bring someone else on board to kind of be on your team to help you through this? So with all of that said, you know, if you're overwhelmed and you're not sure where to start with the cycle sinking, the first place that I think is the easiest to start with is the seed cycling. So that's really doing the flax seeds and the pumpkin seeds during the first half of your cycle and the sesame and the sunflower seeds during the second half of your cycle. And there's actually a company called Funkit Wellness that has made this super easy. So they essentially have a packet of seeds for each half of your cycle. So they have one packet of organic Flax seeds and pumpkin seeds for the first half of your cycle, and then one pack of organic sesame and sunflower seeds for the second half of your cycle. So that can be nice, especially if you're traveling. You can just take a bag with you, or maybe pour a little bit out into like a Ziploc bag, and you're not having to like measure it all out because it's already kind of mixed in a one to one ratio. Um, I will be leaving the link for Funkit Wellness in the show notes, but code Dr. Danielle will get you 15% off. You know, I think that a lot of people hear seed cycling and they think how are seeds really going to make that much difference, but they really do. And back when I was working on getting my period back, I started seed cycling and I didn't have my period. And If you don't have your period, then what you can do, since you don't really have the timeline of knowing you know, basically when to start the flax seeds and the pumpkin seeds because you're not getting your period, you can actually go off the phases of the moon, which I know sounds super woo-woo, but hear me out. The phases of the moon follow a 28-day cycle, which is similar to our kind of standard 28-day menstrual cycle. So the idea behind it is that you would treat the new moon... As the first day of your period and you would treat the full moon as ovulation so from the new moon to the full moon you would have your ground flax seeds and pumpkin seeds and then from the full moon to the new moon you'd have sesame seeds and sunflower seeds now when I first started doing seed cycling years ago I wasn't having my period I was working on getting it back after dealing with my eating disorder and Hashimoto's and I was following the cycle of the moon And maybe it was coincidence, but when I did get my period back, I did get it on the day of the new moon. So I got my period back pretty much the day of the pattern of the seed cycling I had been following, which I thought was pretty amazing. And I've had clients say, you know, similar things that they didn't really believe that something as simple as seed cycling would help, but it really can help with PMS and just period symptoms overall on helping to regulate your cycles. And it's something that's so easy you know, seeds are good for us that we can easily add them to our diet. A lot of people who cannot handle nuts, like digestion wise can handle seeds. So it's kind of like, why not? You know, there's no harm in it. If you have seed cycling dialed in, then the next thing I would focus on is your exercise. So start thinking, okay, You know, during my period and the week before my period, I'm going to slow down my movement. Maybe I'm going to rest. Maybe I'm going to do yoga or walking. And then the other two weeks, so the week after your period and the following week, then do more of the strength training, the higher intensity, the hiking, the backpacking, whatever, you know, big things you have planned. I would say that's probably the next. Easiest to remember and also probably the most beneficial when it comes to really making the most out of your exercise But also saving your energy and not burning the candle at both ends And then the third thing, you know Once you feel like you really have the seat cycling and the exercise dialed in then you can start focusing on the other foods You know the iron rich foods during your period the cruciferous vegetables during the follicular phase help with estrogen breakdown. And then maybe those you know, nice carbs and healthy fats during the second half of your cycle, as well as the kind of like work and lifestyle changes. So thinking about like when to be social, when to plan your work meetings, when to try to be productive. So I hope that that kind of gives you some ideas and by no means do you have to start with seed cycling. You know, if you are listening to this and you think, oh my gosh, yes, I am going to start being really good about my social calendar and planning social events when I'm ovulating and not planning anything on my period, then great, do whatever you feel called to do. But if you're just like, whoa, this is way overwhelming. I have no idea where to start. I would start with seed cycling. Super simple. Okay. That is everything I have for you for this episode. Just kind of an introduction to cycle syncing so you can start to brainstorm how you can bring this and incorporate it into your life. You know, when you think back to like when we were in high school It's kind of crazy to think, you know, if you did sports or dance or anything like that, like our training schedules were the exact same week after week, day after day. There was no fluctuations, even though our hormones were going crazy at that time. And I always think back to like my days as a ballet dancer and I'm like, wow, I wonder how much more I could have got out of training or maybe I would have had less burnout if there was some way to kind of coordinate like the ballet training with menstrual cycles of course we know you know when women spend a lot of time together their cycles sync up so I'm sure like my whole studio or the whole company was like somehow synced but I know that's probably never going to happen for the general public as far as syncing the way like athletes train with their cycle but it would be I think really beneficial and interesting thing to look at to see like how Do people perform? You know, maybe looking at the Olympics and looking at athletes who are ovulating and how they perform compared to athletes who are on their period. Anyways, now I'm off on a tangent. So I'm going to rein it in. Thank you for joining me today. Any questions on anything I spoke about, shoot me a DM at Dr. Danielle Period ND, and I will see you next Tuesday.